Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. I would like to title uh, the message that I will bring you today is a worthy struggle, a worthy struggle. So if you are taking notes, please write on the top of your notes, a worthy struggle. And I will explain what I mean by that. So the foundational scripture for today is found in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, and I am reading from the New King James Version. I want to talk to you about one of the most serious concerns that we have in our churches today. It is so serious that I believe unless something is done about it by the believers, we will miss a great deal of what God desires to do in our lives, the things that He desires to show us, the things that He desires to give us and impart to us, unless we are positioned in a right frame of mind and in the right attitude of heart, we run the risk of missing the time of our visitation from God's presence. God delights to do great and wonderful things in his people's lives. He's always ready and he's always willing to meet us at the level of our faith. And we can actually have as much of God as we desire or as we want. The scripture that I want to read to you is very profound. It is it is a statement that the wisdom of God is making, but also a warning. It says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Keep, or another, another word is guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. So wisdom tells us that we are to keep and to guard our heart because from it are the, another translation says, they, are, they flow the forces of life or the issues of life. Another translation says the heart determines the course of our lives, meaning that the state of your heart determines the kind of person you are and where you will end up in your life. So it's very important that we keep a close watch and a close guard over our heart. And I will explain what the heart is. When the Bible speaks of the heart, of course, is not speaking of the physical pump that sends blood all throughout our bodies. He's speaking of the inner man, the spirit of man, the real person, 
the core of a person. That is the heart. That's what the Bible calls the heart of a person. Jesus also said in Matthew chapter 12, verse 33 to 35, that a tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. Now these are the words of Jesus found in Matthew chapter 12 verse 33 to 35. So according to our Lord Jesus, both good and evil come or proceed from the heart of man. God is not responsible for the evil in our world, but man is. All of the evil that is loose in the world around us today, the wars, the killings, the corruption, and everything that causes pain and misery to the humankind, Jesus said it proceeds from the heart of evil men and women. Matthew 15 and verse 19 says, For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, and blasphemies. All of these things come from the very heart of man. The heart of the person, according to the word of the Lord, is the womb that gives birth to everything we see around us today, and that includes both good and evil. Evil things are brought to pass by the evil treasure that is stored in an evil man's heart, Jesus said. And good things come from the good treasure that is stored within a good man's heart. So when the Bible speaks of the heart, it refers to his inner man, the center and core of our being. It refers to the very spirit and to the very nature of man. When a person gets born again, according to the Bible, he receives a new heart, a new spirit, and a brand new nature. We read that in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, the word says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, in other words, if you have been born again by the Spirit of God, you are in Christ. And when you are in Christ, the Bible says you are a new creation. All things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Now, according to the Word of God, humanity's only hope is to receive a brand new heart through the new birth. That is why Jesus said, you must be born again. Because in the new birth, we receive a new nature, a new spirit, a new heart. And that is the solution to the human problem. In the miracle of the new birth, God takes away the old sinful nature of man and gives us a new nature or a new heart 
a new spirit as it was prophesied in the Old Testament. If you will turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 25 to 27, the word of God through the mouth of the prophet Ezekiel prophesied of the new birth and the New Testament. And this is what it says. God says, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols and I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. This was prophesied many hundreds of years before Jesus came and before he went to the cross. He's speaking of the new covenant, the new testament, and the new birth that those who receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior will receive a brand new heart and a brand new spirit. Now Jesus' sacrifice on the cross made that possible for us to receive the new birth. And together with a new birth, we receive a brand new heart that is tender and sensitive toward God. In the Old Covenant, Jeremiah chapter 17, speaking by the Spirit of God, said that the heart of man is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. That is why we need to be born again, receive a new heart, receive a new spirit, and within that new nature, God places his Holy Spirit within us. Now, I want you to listen carefully. I'm speaking to born-again believers who have received a new heart, a new spirit from God through the new birth. Even though believers, even though we have received a new heart through the new birth, if we are not watchful, that new heart we received can grow hard, insensitive, and indifferent towards the things of God. That is why we come back to our foundational scripture in the book of Proverbs that says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. It's one thing to receive this brand new heart or this new nature, but another to keep and maintain a tender heart towards God and towards others. Now, the responsibility of maintaining a tender heart towards God is with us and not with the Lord. Because it is possible that if we are not watchful and not prayerful, to lose the sensitivity, the tenderness, and become hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. That is why I say that the most serious concern we have in our churches today is a hardened heart. A hardened heart loses its ability to see and hear in the Spirit and understand God and His Word. And though we hear the Word, we do not understand it. And though we see, we do not perceive. 
That is one of the major problems that Jesus had during the time of his ministry here on earth. Now, the word of God tells us in Hebrews chapter 3 verses 12 and 13 that beware brethren, be careful, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. It is important to notice that this letter was written to Christians, to born-again believers, and not to unbelievers, because it says, Beware brethren. He's talking to brothers and sisters in the Lord. And he says, lest there be in any of you who receive this new heart, be an evil heart of unbelief that departs from the living God, but exhort or encourage one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. You see, what sin does to the heart it causes us to grow hard and dull. It becomes insensitive towards God, toward His Word, toward other people, and toward the things of the Spirit. Compromising the Word causes the heart to grow hard. The cares of the world, the worries, the stress, the deceitfulness of riches, Jesus said, and the desire for other things hardened our hearts when we allow them to come into the very center of our being. So over and over again, the New Testament warns believers to be watchful, to be prayerful, guarding our hearts from the spirit of this age that because it is, you know, you don't have to commit some grave sin for your heart to grow hard or to backslide. Living in this world alone, just walking through the world, the corruption that is in the world, the spirit of this age causes our hearts, if we're not careful, to grow hard and to become dull. We are warned to live lives that are separate, that are holy and righteous before God. And Jesus warned us about this over and over again in the New Testament. We see it not only the Lord Jesus, but the Apostle Paul in all of his epistles, writing to the believers, he warns them to be watchful, to be prayerful. In Luke 21 and verse 36, Jesus said the following, and I'm reading from the Amplified Translation. He said, keep awake then and watch at all times. Be discreet, attentive, and ready praying that you may have the full strength and the ability and be accounted worthy to escape all these things that will take place and to stand in the presence of the Son of Man. So the Lord warned us about this, that the days will come when days will be difficult. Paul, speaking to Timothy, he said in 2 Timothy, I think, chapter 3, that in the last days, perilous times will come. 
The word perilous means difficult to bear, difficult days. And we need to be watchful. We need to be prayerful. We need to be guarding our minds and our hearts that they do not grow hard and insensitive towards God and his word. The New Living Translation says it this way, watch out, don't let your hearts be dulled by carousing and drunkenness and by the worries of this life. Notice that the worries of this life causes the heart of the believer to grow dull and insensitive towards God. Overindulgence in the flesh causes the heart to grow hard and insensitive. We lose our ability to understand when we hear the word. We lose our ability to see things the way God sees them. And we lose our ability to understand God in all of his glory and splendor and understand his word. So he says, watch out. Don't let your hearts be dulled or hardened by carousing, drunkenness, by the worries of this life. Don't let the day catch you unaware or unprepared like a trap. For that day will come upon everyone living on the earth. Keep alert at all times. Be watchful. The word of God says, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Ephesians chapter 6 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance for all saints. We need to watch, be spiritually alert, be awakened, because it is easy to fall into the enemy's traps and into temptations that come unless you are alert, awakened, spiritually ready and positioned to resist the enemy when he comes. And pray, he says, that you might be strong enough to escape these coming horrors and stand before the Son of Man. You see, prayer, regular seasons of prayer, will strengthen our heart, our spirit man and enable him to stand strong against the wiles of the enemy. Now, the prize of a tender heart, one that is vigilant, one that is fully awake, one that is on fire for God, is worthy of our struggle against the deceitfulness of sin. That is why I have entitled this message, A Worthy Struggle. A worthy struggle, why? Because... The prize of a sensitive and a tender heart towards God, one that is vigilant and spiritually awake, one that is on fire for God, is of great prize. So we need to understand that we are in a war. It's a spiritual war. Our fight and our wrestle, the Bible says, is not against flesh and blood but against principalities, powers, and spiritual forces and wickedness in the heavenly places. And the Word of God encourages us to put on the whole armor of God. This armor is a prayer armor. When you are in prayer and you watch, you're putting on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, 
the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, the belt of truth, the shoes of the preparation of the gospel. All of these are spiritual weapons that we exercise in the ministry of prayer and watchfulness. Now, that is why I say that the most serious issue or the most serious concern we have is a hardened heart. Many within the house of God have fallen asleep today, spiritually asleep. They are unaware of the seasons and the times we are living in. They have become lukewarm, backslidden. The hearts have grown cold and hard. They are compromising in order to blend in with the world and to be accepted with the spirit of this world and this age. Their hearts are like a neglected vineyard, perfectly described in the book of Proverbs. And we're going to read that verse of Scripture. The Word of God says it is overgrown with thorns. The beautiful or the, the horrible picture that the Word of God gives to those who neglect their time with the Lord, who neglect the relationship with the Lord. They are described beautifully in the book of Proverbs. He says their garden is overgrown with thorns which represent the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the strong desire for other things entering into their hearts have choked the very life of God in them. Their protective and invisible covering from the Lord has been torn down through the negligence and they have left themselves open to the attacks of the evil one. You see, when your heart grows hard, and dull and insensitive, you are beyond reach because you can't hear God. You can't understand what he's saying. Therefore, you are left to your own. That protective, invisible covering of God is torn down through our disobedience and our negligence. This is how the Word of God describes these type of people in Proverbs chapter 24, verse 30 to 34. He says, I went by the field of the lazy man and by the vineyard of a man devoid of understanding. And there it was, all overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with nettles or thorns. Its stone wall was broken down. When I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it and received instruction. A little sleep a little slumber. He's talking about spiritual sleep. A little folding of the hands to rest. So shall your poverty come like a prowler and your need like an armed man. This is what happens to a man whose heart has grown cold and indifferent, who's lazy and negligent when it comes to the things of God, when it comes to the disciplines of the Word of God. When, when, when he's no longer regularly in prayer, in study and meditation of the Word of God, when he's no longer occupied in his mind with the things of God and with the Spirit of God, when he neglects the things that are commanded by the Word of God for us to do, when he's disobedient to the Word, this is the picture of a man who has become poor. In, in other words, his, his covering is gone. 
His heart is overgrown with, 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 uh, with the cares and the deceitfulness of riches and the pursuit for other things. And therefore, he has obtained a hardened heart. Now, the prophetic call, I believe, for this hour from the heart of the Father to the very heart of the church is to rise and to awake from our slumber and receive a spiritual awakening from the presence of the Lord. It's a desperate need that the Lord is calling his church, calling you, calling me and says, wake up. It's time. It's time to put on the full armor of God. The word of God tells us, put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. The armor of God is the Lord Jesus himself. Isaiah again cries out in Isaiah 52 and he says, Awake, awake, put on your strength, O Zion. You see, when the Bible speaks of awakening, he's speaking of prayer. Prayer will awake your spirit like nothing else will. Fasting will awaken your spirit. You will become spiritually aware and sensitive to the spiritual things, to the word of God, to what God is saying and speaking to you. He says, when you are awakened, you will put on your strength. The church has never been its weakest as it is today. You see people falling left, right and center. No faithfulness, no commitment, falling into temptation, falling into sin, backsliding. Why? because of spiritual weakness. The Bible says that if you faint or falter or fall in the time of adversity, that means your strength is very small. So when we are awakened, we put on our strength. We are strengthened in the Lord. We are empowered by his spirit. That is why Paul the apostle prays for the church in Ephesus. And it is a relevant prayer for us to pray every single day today. He says, I pray that you may be strengthened by, your, by God's Spirit in your inner man. We need to be strengthened in our hearts, in our inner man. That's where the real strength is. So when the enemy comes, when temptation comes, when challenges and storms and circumstances that are unfavorable, we have the strength within our hearts to resist, and not only to resist, but to overcome. That can only happen when there is spiritual strength in our inner man. I have discovered that when I am strong in spirit, my words are powerful. There is an authority and power that your words will carry when you are strengthened within your inward man. You will speak and people will stop and listen. You will have influence and authority because there comes a strength out of you that causes them to stand to attention. Amen. We're not hollow. And that is why awakening will strengthen us. And then he, go to, he goes on to say, put on your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem. 
People who are asleep have dirty garments, the dirt of compromise, the dirt of worldliness, the dirt of sin, uh, dirty our garments. He says, when you are awakened, one of the results will be that you will be clothed inwardly with beautiful garments. It's the inward beauty that counts, not so much the outward. For God looks at the inward man and he judges according to the motives of our hearts and not outward appearances. We pay so much attention to outward appearances and yet so little attention to the inward man because this is the real man and this is the man you're going to live with forever. This is the real you. The body is the house that you live in. And sooner or later, you know, folks, we're dying every single day. Sooner or later, we're going to put that body in the ground. But the real you, the spirit man, will live forever in the presence of God. And it's time to beautify that inward man, to clothe him with the beautiful garments that Jesus had given us. And not allow ourselves to fall asleep and give in to temptation and indulge the flesh and dirty the garments, the beautiful garments that the Lord has given us. And then he says, for the uncircumcised and the unclean shall no longer come to you. When you are awakened in the spirit, when your heart is tender and sensitive towards God and the things of God, the word of God says the uncircumcised and the unclean. Who are these? These are worldly people. They will no longer come to you. They will no longer find comfort or, or how can I put it? They will, they will be convicted in your presence. You will no longer enjoy worldly company because you are awakened in the spirit. They're not going to like you. They're going to love you or hate you, one of the two. But be certain that once you get on fire for God, a lot of worldly people are going to leave your side. <laughs> Praise God. You don't need such friends. Hello, are you out there? Amen. Just wave your hands if you're hearing me. I only see one picture in front of me, and that's the Somerset West House Church. I don't know where the rest of you have gone. But anyway, I trust you're listening to me. He says, the uncircumcised and the un You will no longer find joy in the company of unbelievers. And I'm talking to you young people. Some of you are so insecure, and you're looking for compliments, and you're looking for acceptance. You're not going to find it. Stop compromising. Get on fire for God and let those who don't like you depart from you. They're not any value to you anyway. And then he goes on to say, shake yourself from the dust. Arise and sit down, O Jerusalem. Dust always speaks of destruction, of loss. We have lost so much. We have so much stolen from us because of our slumber. He says, loose yourself from the bonds of your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. He says, you are to loose yourself. When? When you are spiritually awakened. The things will fall off of you without even anyone praying for you. 
or talking to you or counseling you. The Lord himself, as he strengthens your spirit and strengthens your heart and your inner man, these bonds that you've struggled with, these habitual sins that you've struggled with, they will fall off of you because you become strong in spirit and you continue to yield to the spirit rather than to the flesh. These are instructions for us today. And all of these benefits come as a result of us being spiritually awakened and calling upon the name of the Lord. It's time to call upon Him. It's time to awake. It's time to stir ourselves up and take hold of God. For He is our refuge and He is the only one we will ever need or want. We don't need anything else. We don't need anyone else. All we need is God's presence to fill us with His Spirit, to fill us with His glory, and to be strengthened by His Spirit in our inner man. Paul the Apostle, by the Spirit of God, echoes the same words in his epistle to the Romans. Listen to what he says. And do this knowing the time. It is so important for us to know what time it is. Not in the natural, but in the spirit. What time is it? What season is it that we're living in? What time is it that you are living in? That now, now, not tomorrow, don't put it off. Now, it is high time to do what? To awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. When God says, put on the armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, what's he talking about? He's talking about putting on the Lord Jesus Christ and making no provision for our flesh. So what time is it? It's time to awaken. It's time to call out to God to stir our hearts up and take hold of God. David said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me, he said, in the way everlasting. Psalm 19 says, who can discern his own errors or faults? Cleanse thou me, O Lord, from secret faults and deliver me from presumptuous sins. There are secret sins. There are sins of the spirit, not just of the flesh. And God wants to cleanse. He wants to revive our hearts. He wants to put the fire of God within us so that the chaff is burned. And we, we worship him, not only with our lips, but also with our hearts. In the book of Matthew, Jesus spoke about the people who, he said, these people worship me with their lips, 
but the hearts are far from me. God is concerned about the heart of the believer more than anything else. He's concerned about the state of our hearts and the state of our relationship with him. And I've mentioned to you this before. I was in the presence of God worshiping him when the spirit of God quietly whispered into my heart and said, son, what really matters to me more than anything else in your life is the state of your heart. It's your relationship with me. It's your heart that matters most. It don't really matter to me what house you live in, whether it's big or small or whether you live in a shack. It don't matter to me well, what titles you have behind your name, what influence you have, how much money you got. What really matters in the eyes of God is the state of our hearts. We need to maintain a soft, a tender heart towards God. And we need to be aware, lest there be in us an evil heart of unbelief that has grown hard through the deceitfulness of sin. Watch yourself. Watch your step. Walk circumspectly, the Bible says. Be God-conscious from day to day, hour by hour. Listen to the Spirit. Continue to walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Let's be ready, folks. Jesus can come at any time, or you may be called to be with him at any time. Tomorrow is promised to no one. And so the state of our heart is important. This is a worthy struggle to keep a heart that is tender, that is on fire, that is filled with the Holy Spirit of God. That is a great prize indeed and worthy of our struggle, a struggle that we need to overcome. Amen? So take these scriptures, meditate on them. If you need me to send you my, to send you my notes, I will send them. You can read them out of your own Bible, in your own quiet time when you pray, Study them, meditate, listen to the Spirit, learn to hear the voice of God for yourself. Learn to be fed directly by the Spirit of God and the Word of God rather than waiting for someone to feed you. And when you feed yourself and you're strong in the Lord, you reach out and you help someone else and you encourage someone else. And instead of you needing to be encouraged, you become the encourager. Instead of you needing your prayers answered, you become an answer to someone else's prayers. You grow up, you put on the armor of God, and you begin to extend and establish the influence of God's kingdom in your sphere of influence. And that is what we're talking about. May God give us an awakened heart. Lord, wake me up. Wake me up. I don't want to be spiritually asleep. I don't want to hear and yet not understand what you say. I don't want to have eyes yet I do not see. I want to be able to perceive and understand you, what it is you're saying to me. And I will submit to your Lordship and walk in your ways. Indeed, this is a worthy struggle to overcome and to win. So, <clears throat> I encourage you to study these verses. I don't want to send you my notes unless you ask for them. If you do, I will email them to you. So can we spend a few minutes in prayer now? 
quietly where you are. Ask the Holy Spirit to really do a work, a search. Ask him to turn the light of his countenance, the light of his spirit, the light of his word. The Bible says the entrance of your word, Lord, brings life, brings light. And so another verse of scripture, the psalmist said, in your light, we will see light. So let's give a few minutes to the Holy Spirit. And as we bow before him, ask him, ask the Holy Spirit to search your heart. Like the psalmist said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Search me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me. If there is any unconfessed sin, unconfessed sin will harden your heart. When you confess it and get rid of it and ask for forgiveness, it softens your heart. The answer to the hardened heart is a humble heart, is a heart that is filled with humility. The Bible says in, in Psalm 50 that the sacrifices of God are a broken and a contrite spirit, a broken heart God will not despise. A heart that is humble, a heart that is contrite, that, is, that humbles oneself before God and acknowledges the Lordship of Jesus. So let's just spend a few minutes alone, quiet, in prayer, and ask the Lord to search us. Heavenly Father, thank you for your precious word today. Thank you that you are concerned about the state of our hearts more than anything else, more than our careers, more than our relationships with others, more than, than, than life itself, Lord. You are concerned about the state of our heart and the state of our relationship with you. And we pray today, Father, by the power of your Spirit, you would search our hearts. Search and let us know ourselves as you know us, dear Lord. See if there be any wicked way in us and gently lead and guide us in the way that is everlasting, in the way that will glorify your name. Your word declares that it is your goodness that leads us to repentance. Father, I pray that you will shower each and every one of us with your goodness from day to day. And in that wonderful goodness and grace and mercy, we will turn. For when the heart turns to the Lord, the veil is removed, your word says. Father, I pray, remove the veil from our eyes, from our ears, from our hearts. And let us truly come to know you and to know your word as we ought to. We ask this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.